This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. In her hit song released in 1985, Whitney Houston asked the world a very important question. How will I know if he really loves me? And my true crime answer to that is when he doesn't murder you. I think that's a great start to any relationship. I'm Todd McComas, and the introductions used in these episodes are written solely by me and in no way represent the views and opinions of my employer or anyone else connected with this show. And today is Thursday, so that means I need to hand things over to today's way less controversial host, Laura Benson. A very hangry assault, some treacherous tea, a good old-fashioned duel in a classroom, a suspect named in a missing girl's case, and oh, sweet revenge porn. All this and more coming up on This Day in Crime. I'm Laura Benson, and happy leap year, everybody. Today is Thursday, February 29th. Say hello and goodbye. We won't have another 229 for the next four years. Okay, y'all. I promise I tried not to do this, but today we have three Florida stories. And I had to cut myself off because I could have filled the whole show with weird news from Florida. I know there are crimes that happen in other states, but man, Florida just seems to take the cake every time. So let's get into it. The first story is the least um, fun of my stories today, but it's also just important and it's ongoing, so I thought we'd dive in first. I always like to front load the tougher stuff. Florida police continue to search for 13-year-old Madeline Maddie Soto, who was last seen a few blocks away from Hunters Creek Middle School in the Orlando area on Monday morning. Yesterday evening, police named Maddie's mother's boyfriend, 37-year-old Stephen Stearns, as the primary suspect in the case. He is the one who dropped off Maddie a few blocks away from her school on Monday. It's always the husband or the mom's boyfriend, isn't it? In a disturbing twist of events, Stearns was actually arrested yesterday for unrelated, well, sort of unrelated charges. While investigating Maddie's disappearance, detectives found disturbing images on Stern's phone, and a review of the phone's data indicated that he had attempted to delete many of them. A digital forensics team shared that the images and videos were, quote, criminal and sexual in nature. The Kissimmee Police Department arrested Stern's yesterday for sexual battery and possession of child sexual abuse material. Authorities have not yet explicitly shared whether Maddie was involved in these photos. Stearns is currently being held for questioning and investigation and has requested a lawyer. Over 100 deputies, detectives, intelligence analysts, specialized personnel, and bloodhound dogs have been involved so far in the search for Maddie. The wooded area behind her middle school is among the search locations, in part because Maddie told a couple of her friends that after her 13th birthday last week, she wanted to, quote, go live in the woods. And she left her phone at home on Monday. So parents and community are still hoping that she maybe ran off and is out adventuring. The investigation is ongoing, and hopefully the next few days will bring some answers, either from search teams or from Stearns himself. 
a hangry Florida man had a very unhappy birthday indeed on Saturday when he was arrested and charged with battery after he attacked and threatened a drive through employee at a Wendy's over a refund. Reginald Baker, great name, had just turned 25, and I mean just. This happened right after midnight, when he was arrested at a Wendy's drive through in Etic, Florida. Not the best start to his 25th year. Seemingly intoxicated at the scene, Baker told police officers that he was just trying to get some food and the employees wouldn't give it to him. According to him, he knocked on the drive-thru window to get their attention and ask for a refund. The Wendy's employees on shift told a different version of the story. According to the supervisor involved, Baker walked up to the drive-thru window and became belligerent. The employee closed and locked the drive-thru window after wrestling with it a bit and getting her hand smashed in the process, and Baker got even more upset. The supervisor then reported that Baker started to punch the window, spit on it, and said, I'll kill you to the employee. So yeah, not quite what he described. Baker was taken into custody on his birthday and transported to the Marion County Jail. He's been released with a $1,000 bond and has been banned from that Wendy's location. But hey, he made the news on his birthday, which is kind of cool. On to our final installment of our mini Florida segment for the day. 49-year-old Yvette Diaz from Miami-Dade County, Florida, was arrested last Friday after allegedly spiking her boyfriend's tea with bleach. And no, he didn't have COVID. She wasn't trying to save him from the virus. Wasn't that a weird time in our collective history? According to the police, the victim, who had been in a relationship with Diaz for three years, made himself dinner and tea in the evening of February 20th. He left the kitchen for a moment to answer a phone call and returned to find Diaz at the kitchen table. He offered to share his food and tea with her, but she declined. After taking a big sip of his tea, which is generally a calming experience, the victim immediately felt his throat burning. He then noticed a bleach odor coming from the cup, which I'm surprised he missed initially, and discovered some little remnants of a concentrated bleach tablet in the bottom of his teacup. So naturally, he confronted his girlfriend and Diaz told him that she thought it was sugar and added it to his tea for him. I'm sure they store their sugar packets right next to their bleach packets. The victim was treated at the hospital and Diaz was arrested and jailed without bond on a first degree felony charge of poisoning food or water. Do you hate when I interrupt this part of the show? Then sign up for Tenderfoot Plus and listen ad-free. Otherwise, we'll be back after this message. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. 
I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. In a head-scratching case from Albuquerque, New Mexico, a teenage student has filed a lawsuit against her high school after getting injured in a sword fight in a classroom. Yes, an actual sword fight with actual swords, prompted by the chemistry teacher. Because science. Now, I was a theater geek when I was in high school, shocking to no one, and we learned sword fighting, legitimately. So I watched the video of this because I was like, it probably is just theater swords and the parents are making a really big deal out of nothing. Not true in this case. The teacher had brought rapier and daggers, which are more dull, but they had also brought katana swords, which are heavy, very sharp swords. And I'm pretty sure the teacher didn't actually show them what to do. There are a lot of instructions on how to not get hurt or kill one another when you're doing sword fighting, and their footwork was really sloppy. Anyway, Albuquerque Public Schools, the assistant principal Manuel Alzaga, and former chemistry teacher Loviata Mitchell are all named as defendants in this lawsuit. According to the lawsuit, in May of 2022, the teacher, Loviata Mitchell, brought students swords and gave them two minutes in pairs to go at it. The student in question, identified publicly as N.S., who was 16 at the time, was struck by the katana sword across her right forearm, wrist, and hand. The cut went so deep that her surgeon commented on the bone being nicked when she was being mended. Yikes. According to the lawsuit, the injury in her right hand severed nerves and tendons. Her surgical team doesn't expect her to regain full mobility in that hand ever. The student further claimed that when she was injured, the teacher was heard saying, I'm in trouble. Mitchell then ordered the kids to delete their videos from their phones, which they didn't all do. You can go watch this video. And the school delayed calling the paramedics for over 30 minutes. Remind me again, what does this have to do with chemistry? A victim of revenge porn took her sweet revenge and got the last laugh in a case against her deadbeat comedian boyfriend. A New York court has ordered a Brooklyn comedian to pay out a staggering $30 million to his ex-girlfriend for a multi-year revenge porn campaign. Spring Chinoa Cooper, the 43-year-old victim involved, told the media that she doesn't expect to actually get a dime of the settlement money. You heard that this dude is a comedian, right? 
She stated that the precedence this landmark verdict sets for future victims of revenge porn is what she thinks is hugely important. So here's what happened. In 2017, Cooper, a New York City University professor, broke up with her then-boyfriend, Ryan Bromes. The two had been in a relationship for about a year. According to court documents, Bromes then began sending Cooper an onslaught of Snapchat videos of himself masturbating and messages demanding to know intimate sexual details of her life. Naturally, she blocked him. She thought it was over until she received a threatening message on Tumblr, which she ignored, and then strangers began reaching out to her saying that they had seen her nude images and videos posted alongside personal information like her name, employer, title, social media pages, and contact information. So she sprang into action, contacted Tumblr and other platforms online where the images started popping up to get them taken down, but new ones would show up almost immediately. She sardonically dubbed 2018 as the year of revenge porn. She finally filed a lawsuit later that year and things cooled down. Bromes pleaded guilty in 2021 to the misdemeanor and was given no jail sentence, but had to attend a six-month program for abusive partners. Fitting. Cooper filed the additional suit, which resulted in this massive verdict, to advocate for victims of online sexual assault everywhere and raise more awareness about the topic. According to a 2020 study of the American Psychological Association, an estimated 1 in 12 adults will be the victim of non-consensual pornography, aka revenge porn, in their lifetime. I hate that. Not only is Bromes in a pile of debt he'll never dig himself out of, he's gonna have to find a new career. I have a feeling that a life of comedy is over for this guy. Plus, he sucks. Don't date him either. That's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I promise I'll bring you some news from states that aren't just Florida next week when I see you on Tuesday for another This Day in Crime. Until then, stay safe, stay out of trouble, and check out Todd's show tomorrow and Jessica with Back in Crime on Saturday. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey produced in association with Bernie Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.